On today's Locked On Auburn, we will chat with Corbin Smith with Locked On Seahawks to talk about Austin Davis becoming an OC for the Auburn Tigers. Then I'll chat about Auburn basketball's win over Murray State. Quite the statement. Then we will hear from Auburn point guard Zepp Jasper, conversation I had with him from earlier this week. All right here on Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackery. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Got a special guest going into the NFL channel of the Locked On Podcast Network, Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks. Thanks for taking a few minutes to hop over uh, here at Locked On Auburn. How you doing, man? I'm good. Pretty crazy with uh, the postponement of the Seahawks game. They're getting ready to play a Tuesday night game, which right. is still really weird to say. Very weird. But uh, it, it's a lot of madness, but I guess it's fun madness, so yep. to speak. That's cool. That's cool, man. So, obviously, uh, Auburn kind of made some news going into the NFL to get the Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach. Austin Davis spent a few years up there in Seattle. Sounds like a lot of folks within the Seattle organization really thinks highly of him. I'd love to hear your thoughts about Austin Davis. Well, first, let's look at his NFL background. This is a guy that did start a few games for the Rams, got a few opportunities to play for a few other teams during his NFL career. He lasted longer than most quarterbacks do, even though he didn't have all the physical traits that you were looking for. Big reason why, great football IQ. He's got a real great head on his shoulders. Always has been viewed as a potential coach down the road if he was interested in doing that. And when the Seahawks decided, I believe it was the 2019 season that they decided that they were going to move forward with Geno Smith as the backup instead of Austin Davis, Davis decided at that point that, you know what, I'm done playing. I'm going to move into coaching. The Seahawks threw him right onto their staff and he immediately became a difference maker for them and vaulted up to the quarterback coaching position. Russell Wilson has incredible respect for him. I don't know if there's anybody in the organization that's more disheartened by him leaving. Obviously he's excited for his friend, former backup behind him to have this opportunity, but at the same time, not exactly excited about losing his quarterback coach. Those two have developed a, a really tight rapport and they've worked well together for the last several seasons, whether they were teammates or now coach with starting quarterback, just has a really great sense of the game of football. And this will be an interesting test for him because he's been involved with their game planning and things of that nature, but he hasn't been calling plays. Right. He's a quarterback, so he understands that aspect of the game, but it's a different it's a different game when you're the one that's making those play calls from the sideline. And so I think he's going to be very good in this position. I think that, he again, he's got a great head on his shoulders, really understands the game. A lot of times those backup quarterbacks really are catered well to being coaches. And so I think you look at his demeanor. This is a guy that, that I think has players coach qualities to him. Yeah. Guys like to work with him very smart football mind it's going to be a challenge for him going down to the sec first time as a play caller but he he feels like he's ready to, for ready for this opportunity and you talk to pete carroll you talk to russell wilson and they think that he's going to have immediate success and 
I think that the ceiling for this guy is incredibly high, and who knows sure. how things play out at Auburn, but I, I could see him being an offensive coordinator in the NFL at some point. So Tigers Nation should be excited about that possibility. Yeah, and I think most folks are. I think most Auburn folks are excited about this move. Still kind of up in the air if he will be calling plays or not. Some reports saying that head coach Brian Harson may want to call plays, so maybe they'll ease him into it. Really interested to see what all that exactly looks like. He's been a, a report came out saying he will be coordinating the offense, whatever that means, whatever that means. But you know, you covered him as a player, and you mentioned he goes straight from being a player to going on the coaching staff. Is that a common thing we see from backup quarterbacks in the NFL? Obviously, you're way more in tune to what's happening from a personnel standpoint in the league than I am. I just that sounds unusual to me. That that's a pretty rare occurrence, right? I don't know that it's necessarily rare, okay. but it's not common. It's kind of in that mid-ground. Yeah. Um, trying to remember the the quarterback's name. I played at Northwestern that was on – he's on the Chiefs staff right now. Uh, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank on it. But um, he was – he came right before Trevor Simeon okay. at Northwestern. Uh, and he's currently on the Chiefs staff. And he was actually being thrown around as a candidate the Seahawks might look at for their offensive coordinator job last year. And so that would be another example, but I can't think of any others at the top of my head of a player that as soon as he was done playing, just jumped right into a high profile NFL coaching job. I'm sure there's been a few other instances where it has happened. A lot of times, again, these backup quarterbacks, you know, they might not be on the field, but they're on the sideline. They're with the coaches. So in, a, in an odd way, they're more immersed in that than what the starting quarterback is that's right. on the field. So it's not weird to see a backup quarterback quickly become a coach and excel in that and then get this kind of opportunity like Austin Davis has. But I don't think it's necessarily common practice either. And even when you do have backup quarterbacks like that, usually they like to take a year or two after they're done playing before they get back into the league. And you see that in a lot of positions too. Guys want to have a little bit of a break, but in Austin Davis's case, he still wanted to be around the Seahawks, but he's like, you know what? I didn't make it as a backup quarterback. You know, I've been around with several teams. The time now is right for me to transition into coaching. The Seahawks were very excited to put him on their staff. Do you think there's any kind of nuggets as far as, you know, what Pete Carroll and this coaching staff does offensively that he can take to the college ranks that you think will make sense? Well, I don't know how much he's going to be implementing what the Seahawks do into Auburn's offense just because we're talking about two different types of systems. Seattle still runs that West Coast style offense. Neither uh, have a know. good offensive line, though. Well, <laughs> that, that's been the biggest issue is trying to protect Russell Wilson. Right, obviously. yeah, that, sure. That limits your play calling ability. But I think this is going to boil down to more when you look at Davis's fit. I think what maybe intrigues me the most, as I said, he's got a great football mind. He's going to be able to get acclimated to whatever the base offense is going to be. And he's going to be able to put his own spin on that. There's no question in my mind he's going to be able to do that because of his football intellect. But I mentioned it earlier. I think what might be the most exciting thing for Auburn right now, you're getting a very likable guy yeah. that I think players are going to want to play hard for. And that had to be something that jumped out to Brian Harson when they were doing this interviewing process. So this is just this is a very calm, collected very competitive guy. Don't don't twist that. He wants sure. to win. Austin Davis has always been very competitive, but I, I think that he has that players coach DNA. He can still be tough when he needs to be, 
but players are going to want to play hard for him. And I think that that's the biggest battle when you're talking about college and NFL kids for different reasons, obviously different age groups and stuff, but that's really a big part of the battle. So I think Austin Davis is going to be able to excel at that. You talk to everybody that played with him and nothing but positives as a coach, he's drawn raving reviews from Russell Wilson, number of the other players who have seen the difference he's made for them. And so I think at Auburn, he's got a chance to be highly successful, not just because of his football brains, but because of his personality and his ability to reach different types of players. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned his personality because from a coaching perspective, obviously that's important. You need to motivate, but now that he's at the college level, there's a different aspect of it. You got to go and get your players. It's not like the draft. You got to go out and get dudes and convince them to, to play in your system. You think that you think that's a fit? I mean, I know at some point it's either you can recruit or you can't. That kind of seems to be a thing you either have or you don't, but surely going into a living room of an 18 year old kid that watches Russell Wilson every Sunday and it's like, you know, I, I've been able to coach this guy for three-plus seasons. That's got to be something that is going to help him, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, recruiting, that's always the biggest if when you're talking about a NFL coach going to college. Are they going to be able to contribute in that capacity? Again, I think his personality is going to help him in that regard. But what kind of selling point is that? You know, I've been coaching Russell Wilson for the last three years, <laughs> right. and I was his backup before that. So I've been with Russell Wilson for the last five or six years, and I can get you to that level. Right. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I would be selling if I'm Austin Davis. And so I think that maybe that's another thing that was playing into Brian Harson's mind is, hey, I can get a guy that has coached Russell Wilson the last three years. That's a great recruiting pitch. In a conference that's got a bunch of really outstanding blue blood programs, that's how you get out on top is little differences like that. And so, again, we don't know because he hasn't been this position. We don't know how he's going to handle that, but he's got one heck of a recruiting chip there with that connection and coaching Russell Wilson. And that should play as a beneficiary for this football program. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Corbin, thank you so much for your time as always, man. Tell uh, tell folks listening and watching about Locked on Seahawks and, of course, uh, all of your other work that you have going on. So you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can visit SeahawkMaven.com with Sports Illustrated. We've got daily articles and videos on there. And, of course, Locked on Seahawks, Locked underscore Seahawks on Twitter. You can listen to us five days a week with my co-host, Rob Rang, who – our Auburn people should know pretty well from his college scouting background. So we always have a lot of interesting college nuggets thrown into our show, especially during the offseason. I love it. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. I will right, we'll talk about that Auburn basketball win in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our friends at NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, the hat falls over your eyes. You can't see. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That is at netsuite.com slash locked. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
from the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Auburn Tigers defeat Murray State, the Murray State Racers, 71-58, to which really was just a, a pretty dominating performance from start to end for the Tigers. And it's funny, going into this, I did not feel good about it at all. Murray State's a good basketball team, and over the last few times Auburn has played Murray State, uh, the two times ago it was at, it was at Murray State, uh, the, Auburn had to go to overtime to win that one. They had John Morant, so it's a little bit different. Then the last time they took on the Racers, Auburn won by two. And so it's just like, can they keep kind of playing with these guys? In, in a week where Alabama lost to a team they shouldn't have, Davidson, Samford beat, Ole Miss. So it, it just, to me, it felt like this was kind of a game that could be an issue. But I think Auburn is struggling against St. Louis and really taking every second of the, you know, that 40 minutes to pull ahead and beat them on the road uh, this past weekend was something. And then obviously the return of Alan Flanagan and a big storyline. So they were not going to let Murray State sneak up on them and props to them. And kind of interesting scoring for this, really interesting stats in general. But two Tigers led with 13 points. Walker Kessler, to me, is the player of the game. He was incredible. 13 points, 5 of 7 from the floor. He made one of his two threes, which is exciting. I, I don't love all the threes that he makes, but he can make one of two every night. That's fantastic. But 7 rebounds, 7 blocks. Auburn had 11 blocks on the night. 7 of them were from Kessler, which you have to love. And then Wendell Green Jr., the transfer guard, starter at the beginning of the season, Moved, uh, moved to back up, uh, you know, to back up KD because it was kind of what was best for the team. And man, over the last few games, he has just come off the bench and really led this team. He was really, really impressive. And obviously, when you make a half court shot like he did, um, what an incredible moment! And you, you love to see it for Wendell Green Jr. A big thing that I've talked about with this team time and time and time again is they've got to make layups. Can they consistently make layups? Because that has not been what we have seen from this team. And I thought with Alan Flanagan coming back, and though, you know, very limited, how, how much did Alan play? Alan played 12 minutes. And I'd love to know if it was a closer game, how much he would have played. Uh, but they were 12 of 21 on layups. That's ridiculous. Auburn's hovering around this 50% mark over the last five or six games with layups. And that's just not that's not how you win basketball games. And with conference play starting in a week, that's something you want to fix. I think that's something that Alan Flanagan will help. But just still, you, you look around the conference, and there's just been trap game after trap game that's turned into storylines throughout the SEC. And now that the non-conference slate is done, with the exception of um, Auburn is, is taking part in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, Auburn had no hiccups. They had a few scares, but as far as actually, you know, it resulting in a loss, Auburn avoided all of those because I, I think that that double overtime loss to UConn in the Bahamas, I don't think anyone's scoffing at that, especially the way that they played. I mean, UConn's a really good basketball team. So this is a, this is a squad that with all the storylines of, hey, they may start slow. Hey, you know, they, a lot of transfers. Hey, these folks haven't played together. 
couple in the fact now that Bruce Pearl was suspended for two games. And, you know, the, the, the noise with the, you know, the, the NCAA. And thankfully that's done. With all that said, going into the season, your Tigers only lost one game. They're 11-1 going into conference play. And they've got a chance. If they beat LSU, I, you got to say this is a top 10 team. And looking at LSU prices for tickets, it's crazy. It's getting close to you know, where I was looking. It's getting close to, to Iron Bowl football ticket prices, which is crazy, which is absolutely crazy. But look, Auburn holding Murray State to 58 is fun. I mean, this defense, this team loves to play defense. And we'll talk to Zepp Jasper in just a moment to, to kind of get his thoughts on all of that. But Murray State seems to always have a dude, right? You know, I mentioned John Morant when Auburn played them two times ago. But Devin Brown was a really, really impressive player for the Racers. And he had 22 points, 8 of 15 shooting. Outside of Tevin Brown, you look at the rest of Murray State's team. They were 11 of 41 from the floor. That's 26.8%. I don't care how many points somebody scores. If Auburn can do that to a full roster, minus one dude, they can handle anybody. And it's crazy, too. You look at it, and it's like no one outside of Kessler really shot well. Katie Johnson with three of six. Um, Jabari was five of 11. Zepp was 0 for five. Cambridge was two of five. Green was four of seven. You take that. But Jalen Williams was four of 10. I think he was Auburn's leading scorer at halftime. And so it's just, you look and you go down the line. Alan Flanning is one of six. You're totally fine with him taking all those shots because you got to get him back in the groove. But this team is, is doing this and they're still not being efficient from a scoring standpoint. And I think some of that has to do with shot selection. That's been a big criticism of this basketball team is uh, inconsistencies with shot selection. And I've, I don't like, I'll say it again. I don't like Kessler shooting threes. I think it's a big part of it, but still, you know, this is a team that if they can heat up just a little bit, just a little bit, there's plenty of room for them to get, get it more efficient with shooting the basketball. The, the sky is the limit for this team. And that should get you pumped up. That should get you excited. So, Hey, in just a moment, we'll hear from Zep Jasper. Note, this is a conversation we had earlier in the week. So if some of the questions um, don't fully make sense, he talks about getting ready for Murray state and how he was, you know, he's not ready to uh, look on the Christmas yet because of, of Murray state. But still, I think this is approach the approach to this game um, is, is still an important storyline because this team is focused styled in. I don't think this is just coach speak or media speak. I, I think this is a team that's zoned in, zoomed in, focused on every single game. That's coming up in just a moment. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March through the college bowl season. And with the NFL, of course, going towards the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website, betonline.ag, use your mobile device, whatever. Sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code locked on to receive that bonus. Betonline.ag where the game starts. 
And joining us now, Auburn guard Zepp Jasper. Zepp, congrats on the, the big win going over to St. Louis. Pretty good team. I get y'all a quad one win to add to that resume of that non-conference schedule. But you guys were down by like double digits with nine minutes left and you fought back and won. Well, you know, what What kind of went into that? Um, What kind of went into that is, um, I think, two key pieces um, to the table. Um Walker Kessler and Wendell Green. Um, I believe that those was the two reasons why we came back, and that's that they brought the intensity up, and that pick and roll was the, the key to success of winning that game. Um, them two worked together on that pick and roll, and, and it opened it opened up the game. Um, the last eight minutes of the game, and um, we started we started guarding the ball screens better um, at the end of the game, and um, they start getting a little bit rattled and start we saw forcing turnovers at the end of that game. And, um, you know, last two minutes of the game, we made great decisions. Um, like I say, Wendell Green was um, reading the ball screens, right. getting it open man, creating for others. And and Walk was, you know, on those dump downs, he was finishing those dunks. And, you know, that's that's the main reason we won that game. I give hats off to those two guys. And um, Leo Berman for stepping up, stepping into that role of making those threes and just, you know, um, being able to, being able to fight and come back and, um, you know, you don't get many walk-ons that, you know, that's going to be in the game in late late situations. But, you know, I give hats off to Leor for, you know, stepping in and, you know, taking the key role at the end of the game. So Leor is fascinating to me because, because like you said, he's a walk-on that, that's playing really relevant minutes at key parts of basketball games. And not only is he in there, in crunch time, he wants the basketball. I mean, what kind of, you know, what does that say to you about his personality and approach to basketball? Um, it says a lot. It yeah. says he's not moment. He don't fear nothing. Um, that's my biggest takeaway on him. Um, being a walk on, having that confidence, um, it, it means the most because it shows, you know, um, one through eleven. You know, even even him, he'd come off the bench and score. He don't care who's guarding him. Um, he's gonna show you why he's why he belongs on his team and why he can play with us. What's it like having you mentioned one? Through eleven, and then you know Alan Flanagan's going to be back any day now. It seems. What uh, what's it mean when you when you look at this team? And you mentioned the two guys that stepped up to help get that St. Louis win. But any night, any ten or eleven of those guys can step up and and, and be the reason Auburn wins. What's it like being on a deep team like that? Um, what it's like being on a deep team. Um, it's like you always got to be ready. Um, you know, everybody, everybody might not have the best game of their life each day, but right. you know, um, we depend on each other. Um, it's not just a one man team, you know, um, like I said, I probably didn't pay the, the last, um, seven or eight minutes, me, me, me and Devin. Um, but I, I just want to, um, clap my teammates on, you know, and, um, try to help them win some type of way. Um, I love, I, like I said, I love the way Wendell Green, you know, played those last eight minutes. Um, me watching him out there, you know, him facilitating, him getting guys open, him making us, you know, him making us, you know, give us a fight. Um, I, I love that. And, um, you know, it shows, you know, how important it is 1 through 11 with this team. It just shows that, you know, always be ready. You never know what's going to happen. You know, even when we down, we got to fight. Even when we up, we got to fight. Um, so that's that's what this team, we got a lot of fighting us, and we're and we never going to give up. And it shows each game, and you know that we was down um, eleven points. You know, second half, right. 
um, you know, we, we told ourselves we're gonna fight back, we're gonna come back. Um, we we've been in been in this position before, and let's let's try to make it happen. I love the uh, I love the spunk that you guys have as a team, and you know you y'all aren't afraid to to talk a little smack along the way. I, I love that, especially the social media aspect side of it. Wendell Green coming out and and video in the uh, video in the stands after the game, saying like. You guys left early. What's up with that? You know, I, I love all of that. Is that something that's kind of talked about in the locker room at all? Um, well, that's nothing really that's talked about in the locker room. Okay. Um, I think it's players. Um, certain certain one of us, like certain players, uh, you know, um, we got different personalities. So, you know, some of us might take it to social media and play around and joke around. Sure. Um, see the fans, you know, saying, um, you know, they had fans. They had a lot of fans there. And their fans, you know, was ready to run on court if they was ready to win. Um, it was their biggest game since, like, 2014, 2013. We was the highest-ranked team coming there in, in a couple of years. So, you know, it was a lot of fans there. And um, they had a good crowd. And um, it's like, it's like, dang, they was against us. It was like the whole world against us right now. Um, if you're watching the game, you're like, I hope Arvin lose. So it's like you see all those fans and you see them leave after the game. It's like. You you waving bye bye. It's like it's like where y'all at? Where y'all at now? Right. Y'all was first talking. Y'all was hype hype. You know, um, during the game and and it's like y'all was against Arbor now, but where y'all at now? Mm-hmm. Y'all gotta respect us. And right. I just think we take social media and that type of perspective. But we always respect the teams we play. Yeah. Um, like I said, we we give hats out to St. Louis. Um, they're a very well coached team. Great coach. Great guards. Great big man. Um, great team. They might make it. They're gonna make a run in the tournament. I think. Um, sure. I think they're the top three team in their conference, VCU, St. Bonaventure, and, and, and St. Louis. And um, I, like I said, I just give all my respect to the coach and, and their players. Yeah, I would not be shocked if they represented the A-10 in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. That, that would not surprise me at all. I thought they were a pretty good squad. So, um, Zepp, it's Christmas time. What are some uh, Christmas traditions that you have? Um, I really don't have no Christmas traditions. Okay. Um, I like to finish finish off um this one game one game streak um and, and try to focus on that before I go home yeah because I like that's more important than my Christmas at the moment because you know coming back from Christmas you know things are gonna spark up oh yeah keep the momentum going you know going against a great Murray State team so you know um I, I really just focus on those things and like to spend a couple couple of time with my family, my friends, and the people who support me. Um, I just like to go to my city and just and show love as much as I can because that means the most to me when they support me. So I come home and spend time with kids, spend time with, you know, just regular people. Um, like I said, if they support me, I support them in whatever they do. I love that. I'm always always give back and, and try to try to be as best man I can be. Uh, I think that's fantastic. You got a favorite Christmas movie? Um, I probably would say my favorite Christmas movies. I, I got two. Okay, that's fine. Um, Friday, Friday, Friday at the next, and Home Alone. I can't go without Home Alone. I know everyone in the world know Home Alone. That's right. that's been a movie I've been a kid since. I, I always like Home Alone. So those are some great movies um, that I like, and I also like The Grinch for the kids. The kids, I I I still enjoy The Grinch. I thought about watching The Grinch like two days ago. Okay, but I said. But I don't want to get in the Christmas period yet, so I'm a, I'm about, I'll probably watch it tonight or another day or so. 
That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Zepp, always appreciate your time. As always, best of luck, and I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. And then, yeah, SEC plays right around the corner. We'll talk again. Uh, we'll talk again next week. No doubt, man. Appreciate you. Thank you so much to Zepp Jasper for joining us for a few minutes. Always enjoy our chats with him. That does it for today's edition of the show. Tomorrow's show on YouTube will be a little different, significantly shorter, doing something different there. Uh, but on the audio side, I did a roundtable with, with Mike G and C-Dub with the Horror Four, JG Tate with Auburn Rivals, and Chase with, um, with Infinite Auburn, a YouTube channel. We did a roundtable. Uh, we'll do 10 through 6 of the top storylines in 2021, and then we'll drop 5 through 1. I'll drop 5 through 1 in audio form on Sunday. If you want the video for me, you got to go to the War Report's YouTube page. We kind of split it up. I'm like, you have the video exclusivity. I'll take the audio. So that's that. Keep an eye out for that this holiday season. And hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, we'll have another fresh show on Monday. We'll see you then. Merry Christmas. This is Locked On Auburn.